This is The Preeminent, with your host, Jordan Russo. Achieve excellence. Become distinguished. Find greatness. Welcome back to The Preeminent. Uh, I have a very, very special guest today. Um, he's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Huffington Post, the list of of publications that he has is extremely, extremely long. Um, he's been a mentor to me. He's been a very good friend to me over the last few years. Uh, please help me welcome uh, Gallant Dill. How you doing, man? Always good, man. Every day above ground is a good day. <laughs> Preach. Amen. Um, man, so like, like I said in the beginning, like you've been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Huffington, Influensive, um, major, major media publications um, over the last few years that you've been in entrepreneurship. But what I'm most interested in right now is actually your upbringing, like the background that you came from prior to entrepreneurship, because I, I feel like it's very important for people to understand. Um, before they understand who you are today, they have to understand who you were back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I feel like I'm one of the few guys that has the true rags to riches story. You know, a lot of people sell my story and um, it, it's, you can always see through it because when you've actually endured the pain and you know, the growth, you can always tell when someone's full of shit or whatnot. If, I don't know if you can cuss on this one, but I'm going to, um, you know, like my whole life has been a uphill battle, you know, from the time I was born, like my, my mom was pregnant in high school. You know, I remember, you know, being really young and extremely poor. She actually was pregnant in high school with my brother. And then I came along about four years later. So she was probably about 22. And my dad left before I was one. So, you know, growing up in that environment at a very, very young age, you know, you're two, three, four years old. You remember some of your first memories not having food on the table. You know, back then you don't really think much of it. But when you get to, you know, I'm 27 now, you know, you see that hunger started very young. And so back then I kind of realized that it was kind of going to be up to me. And, um, so, you know, I had a good life. I'm not going to lie and say I grew up in extreme poverty. You know, there's a few years when I was younger, like, you know, between one and five that I was probably in the extreme poverty, but that doesn't really count since you don't remember, you don't remember, you can't really remember those days. You know what I mean? Right. But from the time I was like five to 10, I had a normal childhood. I'm not going to front. But, um, when I was in my teens though, you know, I kind of learned to become more independent because, you know, I had a little sister who was born after I was 10. So my parents were kind of busy taking care of her, which, you know, that's what I would expect. But, um, I was always just a hustler, man. I always, even at like nine and 10, I would have a lemonade stand. I would sell at garage sales. I would just flip hustle. I always wanted more. And I was always trying to hustle my parents into buy me things. And my parents always said, no, you're going to have to just figure it out. You're going to have to do something. So I've always had the mentality that I'm going to have to go and get it. And so, you know, I got my first job. I think I was 15 years old, but uh, 14 is the first time I ran into trouble with the law. Uh, you know, I'm not like everyone else, man. I have dyslexia. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm one of those guys that just trouble followed me for whatever reason. I, you know, in school, I always had the most referrals. I was always in the principal's office. I was in behavior management classes. I was in special ed classes and I always felt different. And when you're in school, they try to make you blend into everyone else and try to make you feel bad for seeing things differently. You know, I always had a fast mind. I always, you know, spoke my opinion and just it wasn't accepted. And, you know, in eighth grade, I remember it was the first time I really I struggled with passing class. And I remember that was the first time I found out I was going to fail for the year. And um, I had six weeks to make a 97 in language arts or I would fail the entire year and have to be held back. And it was funny because when I 
at that age, I realized if I put my feet down, I can make something happen. I ended up getting a 99 and then my overall average was a 70 so I could pass. I failed algebra or whatever, pre-algebra, whatever eighth grade math is for the year. But if you fell two courses in a year, like for the year, you don't go to the next grade. But if you fell one, that's fine, but you can't fail two. So I remember you know, seeing that and was like, damn, if I really put my mind, you know, I could be an all A student. But the problem with me, and I'm like a lot of people probably listening, is that if it doesn't even, uh, you know, it's not something I'm interested in, I just can't do it, right? Like, even today, if I don't like something, I'm not going to do it. I don't care if money's involved. Like, I have to actually be engaged if I'm going to produce a really good result. So at that age, I learned, if you know, when I put my mind to something, I can make it happen. But school really was never my focus. And so I ended up, um, you know, since I had a really troubled eighth grade year, I ended up moving with my mom. I'd never really known her. She moved back to Texas. She had moved away when I was eight years old. So she moved back and I was like, you know, I'm gonna go live with my mom and see if I can start a new life. You know, I'm making adult decisions in like eighth and ninth grade, you know what I mean? (laughs) But things really didn't really work out, you know, because I I had, you know, that troubled, I was just a troubled kid and um, she didn't know how to handle a disobedient teenager. So, um, you know, I ended up getting to some sort of scuffle with my stepfather at 14 and I ended up going to jail for the first time, juvenile hall. And I'll just never forget, you know, just being young and seeing everything, you know, on the different side. Because when you're a kid, you don't really see reality set in. A lot of people don't see it until they're 20, 30, 40 years old when something bad happens. But I remember being 14, locked up thinking like, damn, like, you know, my decisions and my actions really control my destiny. But it didn't really sink in that much until years later. Um, you know, I ended up getting out of jail and being sent to a lockdown facility for about six months. And um, I endured a lot of pain there. You know, a lot of people listen to this, listen, you know, no one has this great past, right? We've all been through a lot, but it's about learning from that, letting go and using that as motivation. So I remember being, uh, you know, 15 locked up at a place called Excel Academy in Conroe, Texas. Look it up. There's a lot of horror stories and they've tried to suppress a lot of the publicity that's come out of that. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a nightmare, man. Imagine being 15 years old, locked away in the country, living in a barn with a bunch of strangers on bunk beds and jumpsuits and not having TV, not having cell phones, not having radio, not having video games, not having TV, you know, movies, anything. Like, we, we, there was an, we were abused pretty much. <laughs> and so when I got out, you know, at 15, I was, I was like independent. I was a straight up G. Like, I'll, I'll be real. Like, I had this attitude that if you mess with me, we're going to fight. I don't care if I lose. But I, I had a no like bullshit sensor in my brain at 15. And it really it, it impacted my life in a negative way because when I moved back home with my pops, my dad, um, I really couldn't, you know, adjust. I had like this, I guess, PSD, like this post-traumatic stress because I, I was locked up in dangerous places and been around dangerous people for a long time. So I, I really just, when I went back to high school, I was already a year and a half behind and I was in this little class with people. And when people would run their mouth, I'd get in a fight and get kicked out. So after six months, my dad was like, man, you can't live here. So I remember being 15 and sleeping at the park. No bullshit. I remember sleeping at the park. I remember I smoked cigarettes back then. I had a light Kleenexes to stay warm. And I remember I moved into this kid, this kid, this girl that liked me, introduced me to some kid who was 18, who just graduated, had his own apartment. He was poor too. He had no furniture. And for the summer, I lived at his place. So imagine being, you know, 15 years old, not in school and uh, just damn near homeless, no money and sleeping on the floor. So, you know, all this made me a rock. All this made me unstoppable. All this made me like very, very independent. Most 15 year olds rely fully on their parents. I'm over here trying to figure out how to legally get emancipated. When I didn't get legally emancipated, I had to go back home. 
So my parents gave me another shot. <laughs> and then, you know, within a month or two, I was already kicked out. They sent me to another boarding school, Methodist Texas Boys Home, off in Waco, out in the middle of freaking nowhere, bro. And I remember getting kicked out, not even a month in it. I remember I ran away from the school. And imagine being, I think I was 16 now at this time. And uh, I'm over here in the woods running away. And then the sheriff is looking for me at 16. And <laughs> it's crazy. When I look back at my life, I just, it's hard to imagine because, you know, I'm in a $3 million house now. And back then I was, I was living in the woods. And so um, it was funny. I went, I went, I got kicked out of there. And my mom said, you know what, come back. I was at my mom's house for a month. I got kicked out again, sent to Sundown Ranch, another rehab boarding school for kids. You can look that up too. Was kicked out. And uh, by 17, I had no high school. You know, I maybe had five credits in total. I was now living with my brother in his one bedroom apartment. I slept in his closet. I kind of stayed out of his way. And that's when I kind of started getting serious about making money and making moves. And because, you know, I just, I got tired of being broke. I got tired of having to rely on other people or, you know, being like just a joke to folks. So, you know, I started really just focusing in on how I could turn this around. So um, I ended up getting with somebody, you know, she had some money and I started my first business. It was out on Lake Travis. And, um, you know, I, my boy was telling me about an idea. He's like, bro, all these rich folks don't live at their lake houses and see their dock. How they're on the side of the lake because the water levels are dropping because of the drought. They can't use their boat or their dock. Why don't we just knock on their doors whenever they're home and say, we're going to crank their dock and keep their boat clean on a daily basis. And we can charge them a monthly fee. We have nothing better going on. So I remember being 17 and deciding to just take action and uh, going up to these people and making presenting offers and they said yeah that's exactly what i need and i'll never forget my first thousand dollar day was at 17 and one, one of the things i did was there was a guy who was starting a boat chartering company or one of those have you ever been on one of those po or boat uh, party barges where everyone gets on this big ass boat and they party yep. all day? he was building one and he was like man if you could tow because i had a little boat he's like you can tow parts of my party barge so i can build it out i'll pay you you know, 150, 175 an hour. And I just remember for a week straight, just moving these pieces and just making almost a thousand every single day. And that's when I realized that, you know, the traditional way of thinking, and if you put your mind and you find solutions, that's when everything can change in your life. And my past was irrelevant. You know, no one asked me out on the lake if I had a college degree. Nobody asked me if I went to high school. I, I smoked weed all day and no one even asked and they didn't care. And I still got paid. And so, from that point on, I started to put my money behind all my ideas. And, you know, it's been a crazy roller coaster, but it pays off. And what I've learned now is all the times I had failed or invested, it didn't really fail or invest. It, I learned and it made me into who I am today, which is an unstoppable beast. So a lot of people listening are scared to take that investment, are scared to take that next approach. And all that is doing is slowing down your goal line. All that's doing is slowing down your destination you have to hit those barriers in order to be stronger, right? Like in order to get bigger at the gym, you got to hit bigger weights. You can't just lift 10 pounds and expect to be swole. You got to keep going. And most people are afraid to get out of their comfort zone. And the key to being successful is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Man, that was, that was jam packed with stuff. I want to, I want to hit on a few things um, so people can really understand something abandoned, homeless, alone, didn't fit the mold of society, um, ran away, arrested. I'm gonna just stop right there, <laughs> so people can really, so people can really understand. High schools in a two-year span: Excel Academy, College Park, the Woodlands College Park, Cedar Park High School, Vista Ridge High School, uh, the ones at the um, 
the, the Methodist boys house. There was, I forget the high school program I was put in for a month there, but you know, in two years I watched my life change so much. So I learned that time is, it doesn't matter. You can do, and you can experience so much in a year, two years. And so many people live the same day. And for me, the last 10, bro, I went from having nothing 10 years ago to I'm in a $3 million house. I make over six figures a month. I have everything you could ever desire. And so I look at my time differently though, man. I try to get the most out of each and every day. Most people look at it as a day. To me, a day is six months. You can do six months worth of work in a day. And that's why I'm here, if that makes sense. And I think that's one value that like I've always, since the moment that I met you. Um, You've seen the progression in two years, man. You were yeah. seeing me in my, little, my house back then. You know, I might've had the R8, I might've not, but man, I've had a McLaren yeah. since then, a mansion since then. <laughs> yeah, you had the R8. And it's just like, I respect that so much about you because like, like you really, you value your time more than you value the dollar that you make. And that's one thing that I've always respected about you because time, time is the one thing that we will never be able to get back. And I remember when I, when I met you, I had understood that concept, but I never really was able to conceptualize it until I flew out to Austin to come meet you in person. And like, we really sat down and I remember you getting on a phone call with, uh, with, with someone to, to close a business deal. And it was a, it was a very large business deal. It was like, you know, I think forty fifty thousand $50,000. And you ended up telling them no. And it was because like, it, it was going to damage like your peace of mind and like take a away. A lot of people don't realize they're letting certain value. And even money stopped them from making real money. On a day-to-day -day basis, people make me offers, but if I can make five times that amount and the same amount of time, I'm going to say no. Most people cannot say no. One thing I've learned about becoming very successful is getting good at saying no. And it was hard because I had a hustler mentality. You know, I sold a lot of drugs. I didn't, I didn't say that um, in the past, but you know, I just always had the mentality next deal, next deal. I remember being up at two in the morning selling Molly at Walmart, you know, and I, I needed to get out of that stage, I realized every level of the growth is going to be a different version of me. So just because I used to do that and that might've worked then doesn't mean I have to be that same person now. So I do hustle, but I'm very particular on what I'm doing with my time and how much I'm going to get paid. And I got really good at saying no. Right. Well, I feel like the hustle mentality is always chasing that dollar. And then the entrepreneurial mentality is holding your time like valuable to where like, okay, if this is going to, the money is going to come. It's just how much money am I going to get from my time yeah. now? That's, that's my mentality I'm at now. I could get paid all day, every day, but who's going to pay me the most and expect the least. And I'm going to over deliver. But some of these times you put in 10 times more work and you would have made 10 times more if you would have just said no. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Now transitioning from that, I, I do want to say one thing, cause you know, going back to your past and then transitioning to, you know, who you became after that is I feel like people, people, uh, often let what has happened in their past limit to what they can achieve in the future. No, I, yeah, I, I let it go. I looked in the mirror and I said this because I'm covered in tattoos. Um, you know, I used to talk like more of a thug. You know, you can understand me clearly. But I realized, you know, back in the day, you know, if you set me off, I would cuss you out. I'd fight yeah. you. I'd threaten your life and act a fool. And I realized grown men don't do that. You know, I started watching The Wolf of Wall Street and I was very intrigued that this guy had turned himself into this closing badass professional. <laughs> and I was like, man, I need to become more professional. I need to have the image. I need to cut my hair. I need to not have any ears, period. You know, I need to look the part and become the part and just let go of everything. 
Right. You know, like it's crazy. I let so many people say whatever they want to me, but they have no idea that I used to roll with killers back in the day. And I just, they have no idea because I've let myself to grow. I've let myself change. And I don't bring any of that, that stuff in the past into who I am today. You know, like I just, I, I just ignore things and just stay focused. And too many people can't let go of that street mentality, that broke mentality. Like, oh man, you don't know what you're talking. Who cares? At the end of the day, is it getting you paid? Is it getting closer to your goals? If not, then who cares? Quit making a scene, quit making a drama. And I had to cut a lot of people away because I noticed when I got around some of my older friends, some of my old characteristics would come out and yeah. that's not person I am today. And that's why I surround myself with people that can control their emotions that are successful, that inspire me, not get me involved with stuff I don't want to be involved with. If it's not pushing me forward, you can count my ass out. You feel me? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. So over the last, over the last 10 years, over the last decade, you've owned dozens, dozens of companies. Um, the first major company that I know that you owned was, was mall three. And I, I want you to, I want you to elaborate on, you know, what that was, what happened with that company and because you've you've adapted over the years which i think is absolutely phenomenal so yeah yeah so i want everyone to understand that mall 3 was the turning point in my life because it was the time i said i'm going legit i'm not looking back you know what i mean like i was hustling in the streets at the time before i started mall 3 and i remember watching shark tank and that's what really inspired me was like man i want to create a product that I can get in stores. I want to be Mark Cuban. You know, I used to look up to Gucci Mane, Scarface, you know, and then at 21, 22 is when my, my role models changed, right? I have Al Capone's face tattooed on my arm, but as I hit 21, 22, I realized these people and these role models were getting me nowhere. I needed to switch my shit up. So I was inspired by Mark Cuban. You know, he owns a basketball team. He has his own TV show. And I said, you know, I'm gonna create a product. And at the time, Ecstasy was really hot in the streets. People were taking anything to get high. And I was like, man, why don't I create a safe alternative to like ecstasy? Something that isn't going to hurt anybody. It's not going to poison anybody. Something that, you know, they can still have fun on. So I started researching and I started selling it to my friends and I didn't tell them what it was. And they were like, man, this is the best thing ever. So Mall 3 ended up being a, you know, a ripoff of Molly, but in the in energy <laughs> And um, and it was a trip because I'd never built anything like that. I'd never seen anything like that. But I took it one step at a time. I looked at the million dollar picture of business as a puzzle. And I said, there's a million pieces I need to learn. So I'm going to learn. It. So the first thing I did is I learned where I could get the pill manufactured, right? Where I could get the capsules manufactured, where I can get the packaging made, where I can get the designs for the packaging made. You know, I just took it one step each day. I told you each day I looked at it as like a goal. Like I'm not going to stop until I, I know how much it's going to cost to get this order. I'm not going to stop until I know someone who can build a website for the company. I'm not going to stop until I can build the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Every day when I built that company, I had a mission. Every day was a mission to get something done. And within a year, you know, I had hundreds of thousands of followers. I, I was selling in stores. I was selling online. I was really getting it popping. And I did it in such a record amount of speed following that concept. Um, the issue with that company, anyone who listens, I was on cloud nine, but at the same time, every day was a day you thought you were going to make it and you'd go back down to zero example, right? I was on world star hip hop with my product, a really big site. And I thought I would sell a lot and I didn't sell any and I paid a lot to be on the site. So that was high and lows. I lived off highs and lows. And that's like the most unhealthy thing you can do. Just don't ever get high and happy until the checks in the bank. Don't, don't too many people are just jump the gun and like celebrate whenever it, it doesn't even exist yet. Don't ever do that. I did that every day. So with mall three, the issue was I had some business partners 
that weren't really helping or contributing just kind of in my ear, you know, starting drama every day. And then on top of that, I started getting pretty big purchase orders, man. Like I'm talking thousand stores, 500 stores, 300 stores. And I didn't have that kind of money. I didn't have that kind of experience. So I started looking for investors to come help me out. And um, I found a guy who said he would, you know, throw in and help me get everything ordered. And I started filling one of the orders from Circle K. They wanted to put me in about 600 gas stations and my investor never paid me. And I'd put up every dollar we had to fill that order. So I have a half an order of probably a thousand, few thousand boxes just sitting there half filled, no money in the bank and just tired, man, at zero. And, um, you know, at that time I had to make a decision. A lot of people aren't willing to make a decision to let things go, right? We have this never give up mentality. I have it tattooed on my arm, but I, I couldn't live like that. You, know, you have it, you have it, I have it <laughs> I like that. And I realized it's time to let go. And it was hard because you got to understand I had friends invested. My brother was invested. The world was looking at me and I just fell in front of fucking everybody. So all the haters mm-hmm. are right. Gallant deals, businesses are going to go nowhere. And it, you know, I can lie, man. You thought you think about suicide. It's the easy way out. So you can't accept it because you just failed everybody. And I had a lot of people that believed in me too. So it was hard. But what I did is I took all of that, what I learned in the mall three failures situation. I built a very, very successful company shortly after. And so I want everyone to know that you might be failing right now, but that stuff you're learning might be the fuel in how you gain to that next level later on. So it actually paid off tenfold. If it wasn't for the mall three failing, I probably wouldn't be here. So what I did is I took all the stuff I had learned and I started selling those as a service. So you want to get in more gas stations? Listen, I got the connects. You want to get more followers? I know how to do it. I just did it with mall three and I stood out over all my competition because I actually done it right most marketers say i'm gonna help you but when you go into a meeting and say look i'm not only gonna help you but i've already done it and they would look at my profile and look at my product and they'd they were very impressed that a kid in his 20s was able to go that far so quickly so you know by the time i was probably 23 24 i had 12 to 15 people on a multi-thousand dollar a month retainer and i was living in high rise and uh, so i turned my failures around real quick it wasn't the easiest thing to do but like I said, man, you always got to keep that momentum moving. The reason I'm successful isn't because I'm smarter than anybody listening. It's because I refuse to stop. I keep going. I might invest and lose. I don't care. I keep going. Too many people, I'm sure y'all are listening, got that grandpa or that dad story like, yeah, I invested 10K and my partner stole me. And he'll tell it for 20 years. But if your dad wanted to be a millionaire, he would have done it 20 more times because I guarantee it would have been a different scenario. Y'all would have been in a different place and he would have told you a different story. My grandpa tells me stories about how many times he's lost, but he also tells me how many times that if he would have gone in, he would have won and how he wished he would have just did every one of them because he would have been sitting in a different place. So for me, I take that risk and I only take the risk if I understand it, right? Don't jump into something you don't understand. Understand it, then jump in, but don't be scared to take that step. Too many people are afraid to take that step. They're afraid to fail. Who cares? At the end of the day, I failed. But I'm the only guy living on the fucking mountain where I live. I got the infinity pool overlooking the best view of Austin, Texas, where I'm from. So you can bring up that I failed Mall 3, but where the fuck is your McLaren? Where the fuck is your mansion? You know what I mean? So, like, no one's going to remember you for that. I, lo- I think it's hilarious when people try to poke a hole and say Donald Trump has four or five bankruptcies. Guys, he has 1,500 LLCs. <laughs> wouldn't be right right like you can't just say oh like he doesn't have a perfect record nobody will and if you expect to have one expect to be broke i'm really glad i'm really glad you said that because i want to bring up a point that uh you 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 mentor a lot of a lot of people and i think it's important 
I think it's important for me. One thing that stood out to me when, when um, because for, for everyone that's listening, how I met Gallon is um, he, was, he was one of the first uh, coaches, like actual personal mentors that I ever personally hired. That's how he and I got connected, um, I think like two and a half years ago now. And uh, we've, re- we've, you know, remained friends since. Um, and it's, it's, been, it's been great in my opinion. And I think it's important for people to understand that when you're looking for, uh, for a mentor, don't focus on the person that's just sharing their successes with you. Focus on the person that, yeah, is sharing their successes, but also isn't afraid to share their failures with you and how they overcame those and how they adapted. Gallant said, you know, with, with Mall 3, that was, he, he grew it so fast and it tanked so quickly and it was business partners faults. It was, but he also took ownership for his, for his responsibility in it. But instead of shutting that down, he transitioned and he adapted to what the knowledge that he already knew pretty much what he already paid for. Exactly. So instead of just giving up or just signing that off, I took what I had learned from doing that. And I started making money, helping other people that wanted to avoid the mistakes I made that wanted to know what I was doing that got me to those levels. And like it, cra- it was crazy, man. I went from being poor running that company. I was poor running that company because I wasn't selling drugs. I was focused in. I wasn't doing much. And, and I had to miss a few mills and skip a few payments and be late a few times. That was the hardest moment in my life because every time before that, I was always hustling. But this time I wanted to go legit because I have a son and I didn't want to sell drugs. I didn't want to be a drug dealer. And right. it was hard to understand, you know, you know, but it felt at the same time great because I wasn't in the streets and I was doing it the honest way. And I wanted, you know, to say that in my story that I didn't take the fast way out. You know, I spent a year and a half, two years of just grueling marketing and understanding and failing my butt off uh, to get to where I'm at. But I swear to God, as soon as I made that transition, like within 30 to 60 days, I was doing five figures a month. And I'd never made that kind of money. You know, I did it when I was selling drugs. But, you know, I never made twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month in my life legally. And it was just crazy because my life transcended. And you always hear the story is going to take 20 years, 10 years. Nah, if you get on the right path and you're selling the right services to the right people, it could change overnight. We went from being broke overnight. <laughs> I remember talking to Chelsea and she said, Gallant, um, I said, Chelsea, how much money? She's my, she's my pretty much wife now. Uh, we're about to be married. We've been together six years. Freaking I said, awesome. how much money can I make in order for you to let us move downtown? I want to live in a high rise. She's like, well, if you make twenty thousand, uh, we can we in a month we can move down there because you know three thousand a month for a spot's a lot. <laughs> and it was two days. Um, I had put out an offer where I'd show people how to build like a big Facebook group. I sold it three times for seventy five hundred a pop, and I made twenty one thousand or twenty three thousand in like two days. So on Friday, I said, hey, start packing your bags. We're gonna move downtown. She's like, well, dude, I told you twenty thousand a month. I said, well, I'm doing twenty thousand just this week. And so, you know, everything can change. You got to believe in yourself. You got to know your worth. You got to have big targets. You got to shoot for the stars. If you don't shoot for the stars, you're never going to hit anything, guys. I'm living in probably one of the nicest houses in Austin right now. Um, Everyone on my street is not a day less than 50 plus years old. I'm 27. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I wake up, it feels like I'm living a dream because I have this crazy, insane view. But I, I shot for it. Really? And when people say, what did you expect? I said, I didn't expect anything less. This is why I hustled every freaking day. Why every one of my friends was out getting fucked up and having a good time. I set my sights on the top. I said, listen, 
I want to get rich and then go get fucked up, right? I want to go have fun and actually make it and actually enjoy it. Like I just got back from a trip where I spent $25,000 in like four days. I was in Vell at a five-star resort. I was at the Four Seasons in Denver. I was in Chicago at the Trump. And I got to experience, like, you know what I mean? Like when I grew up poor, we'd, we'd maybe go to like leave the city and go to another city. And we'd stay at a motel and my brother and my sister and I would all sleep in the same bed. And I always told myself, man, if I ever get rich, I'm going to experience it. You know, I'm going to stay in the presidential suite. I'm going to rent the Ferrari for the weekend. I'm going to eat the steak every night. I never wanted to actually go on a trip unless I could fully experience it. And I also told Chelsea, whenever I was building all these businesses, I didn't want to take a vacation and come back to hell. I wanted to take a vacation and come back to one. So the life that I live now is I feel like I live on vacation 24 seven and that's the best feeling in the world. You don't need to take a trip to feel better. I could walk outside of my view and feel better. And so when people used to laugh, cause I'd post that meme, I'm trying to live a life. I don't need a vacation from, I live that shit now. I have it. And it, and anyone who says money doesn't buy happiness just doesn't have enough money because it really can help. I'm not saying I would say happiness is about 75% money because I noticed even in my own relationship in my life with, you know, Chelsea, the only times we really have bad time is when we can't afford stuff. You know what I mean? Like whenever we were can't, couldn't help people. So whenever we have it all, it's really hard to be depressed. But when you're short on a bill, you know, it, it, like I said, they all saying, I would rather cry in a Lamborghini than a Honda. Shit works. I swear to God. At the end of the day, <laughs> it, money, is, money can help buy happiness. But if you don't, hell no. But I'm not saying that's the, the cure, guys. But I'm telling you, if you got a lot of money, life gets a lot of better. Right. And I, I want to point out one thing that you said about the, the building the Facebook uh, group course, because I feel like a lot of people, they, they see these guys and you actually had, you had actually built a, a massive Facebook group. Okay. It's the entrepreneurial lifestyle group. It, it has over 80,000 members. It's the largest, if I'm not mistaken, it's the largest entrepreneurial niched Facebook group in, in the world. Right. That's still a fact. So I don't know where it's at now because I haven't focused on growing it, but um, back in the day it was at one time. So what happened was, you know, I, I was lonely when I was in my early 20s. I was looking for a network of people because everyone in my life was kind of against me. Everyone a lot around me was kind of jealous because I was doing well. So I went online not to make any money, but to actually work with people and, uh, the, you know, have a network of other people that were my age that could motivate with me. So I started a Facebook group after being banned from one. I got banned because I was posting a lot of content and the, the owner of the group was like, man, this kid's crazy. Like, you know, he's going to take all my shine because you know, there's a lot of guys online that haven't actually done what it is I'm talking about. Exactly. So they jealous and scared. So they, they blocked me. And I said, you know, I'm gonna build a real community of entrepreneurs and my goal is to get 5,000 members in a year. By the end of the year, I had over 55,000 members. And I never, I never did it for the fame or the money. And that's why I think it came is that I had the right intention. I focused yeah. on inspiring and giving back and helping people. And it was just crazy because overnight I'm this influencer with lots of followers, clients from all over the world. But like I said, it's because I didn't stop. Most people, when they get banned from a group, there goes my, my shine and they just go. And uh, for me, I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep the momentum going. I'm going to keep growing my network. I'm going to stay focused and not let anything slow down my momentum, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's very important to understand. You said giving back. Um, man, I know, I know last year you gave out, um, like $3 million worth of free course I think total of information. I've given out closer to seven now, 7 million. Wow. I've wow. given out probably 5,000 trainings at least, at least and I'm talking, you know, one to $2,000 trainings. And, uh, I believe if I give 
and it's good information and people get value, they're going to come back. So I'm one of the few guys that has made a million dollars online without running all the ads and webinars and all that crap because of word of mouth of actually getting results, you know, and um, I believe I call it the chicken teriyaki tactic and anyone listening to this, this is very important. Give good shit away, give your best shit away. And if it's good, people will come back and buy more. And so I'll give a hundred to 500 courses away every single week. And then 10, 20, 50 people come back and buy inner circle marketing, consulting, mentoring, and it works very well. It's value-based marketing. So what, what, what are you actively doing right now? What are you actively building, working on, focusing on right now? So right now I'm just living, enjoying life. Um, I have my systems in place to where I really don't have to do much work, but the stuff that I do to make a living off of, I own a software company called agency tools. It's a CRM that you can create a proposal and get paid in 15 seconds by just clicking a few buttons. Um, I also do coaching to guys like yourself. Um, and then on top of that, I, I really, my, my main goal, man, is to put good information out to the market on how to generate leads for businesses because there's too much bad marketing out there. So I've really made it a point to put out some of the best material in the marketplace uh, so people can generate leads and scale their business because I've been creating something called channel-based marketing, which is how to have your best week over and over again. And it's based around consistent traffic channels. If anyone listening, you own a business, you're a hustler, you're a consultant, whatever, the reason you're not growing and scaling is because you don't have consistent marketing, right? Like if you had five places, let's say cold email, Facebook ads, Google ads, uh, you know, LinkedIn ads, YouTube ads, you have all these places that are constantly producing leads. You can grow at whatever rate you want to grow if you're selling the right service. So lately I've just been really honing in on how to perfect channel-based marketing and how to help others implement that into their businesses so they can continue to grow on a consistent basis. Too many people are selling funnels and BS. Funnel won't do anything if you don't have traffic being sent to it. Focus on getting traffic yeah. from other places because different channels dry up. And if you have five, 10 producing channels, you'll never have to worry about business leads or money again. Yeah. I think the two, I think the two most important factors of a, of a business is marketing and sales. Like that, that runs an entire so. company. Because uh, I've seen businesses that have terrible services make more money than anyone, but they had a good sales team and a good marketing. Exactly. There's no business, it's all marketing. But you know, if you can get all the leads in the world, but if you can't close, it ain't going to do much. But, even if, but if, if you can kind of close, you're still going to keep making money because you got a lot of leads and I see that every day. But if you can close and you got a consistent thing in marketing, gosh, it's game over. Yeah. I, uh, what 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 would you say what would you say is the best advice you've ever received over the last 10 years of you being in entrepreneurship well i couldn't really give it to in just one thing you know a lot of people try to say one thing it's a lot of things but i will give you a few things here that's perfect you have to have a bulletproof mindset every single day there's going to be shit that's thrown your way even if you have money or not there's going to be problems it's like how the universe works you could be having the best day ever and then i swear to god your dog will die you got to be prepared for it. You got to be mentally prepared and you can't feel like the victim. You just have to keep going. The next is you're going to have to set the bar high. You got to have big goals and you got to visualize yourself there before you even arrive. Everything I have now is on my board at one day, my vision board or what I believed in before it ever happened. So you got to visualize yourself first there before it ever going to happen and set the bar as high as you possibly can imagine because you can only go as far as you can imagine so if you say you only want to make ten thousand a month it's going to be hard for you to make more because you can't, you're not even comprehending it you know always set the bar extremely high and on top of that is just constantly improve remove your ego constantly improve constantly get better your brain is a sponge constantly be putting positivity 
good information and, and just crafting and making your skill sets better and better. The better you get, the more you're going to receive. Too many people get content. Oh, I already know that. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to learn that. That's where they fell. You've got to constantly adapt. A billionaire told me, he said, you got to learn, adapt, change, and never feel complacent, never stay the same, never be content. And so every day I'm reading, every day I'm learning, every day I'm practicing, every day I show up. And so those are the main three, man, is just being bulletproof, having a bulletproof mindset, setting the bar high, and then just constantly be willing to adapt and improve. And I feel like that's, that's game over. Also, get around the right people. Too many of y'all are hanging out with Teen and the Fuck Around Gang. Get around some millionaires who inspire you, that push you. I swear to God, it will change everything quickly if you're around the right circle. But when you hang out with Debbie Downers who want to get drunk at the bar and watch Game of Thrones every night, you might be offended by that. But look at your life. Be offended by your own brokenness. Right? I got offended that I was a loser. I didn't get offended by the truth. I changed it and became what I wanted to become. Gallant bringing that fire like he always does. Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what, what, would you say, what would you say keeps you going, man? I, I know what it is. I know what it is. I, I like to help people. I like to – my brother told me a while back, he said, man, you've gotten this far. Just keep going. See how far you can get. But I like to help people. I like to make a lot of money, and I like to prove people wrong. Um, so those are my main three motivators. I'm not going to bullshit and say, Oh, just to change the world. Ah, yeah, that's cool. I'm doing that. But at the same time, I like to make a lot of money and I like to prove people wrong. Right. Um, so I'm very motivated, right? Everybody that doubted me and hated on me, wrote bad review, just anything to hurt me. All that did was fuel my fire yeah. that motivated me at two 30 in the morning when I'm about to go to bed. And I said, you know what? I didn't make enough. I didn't do enough. I got to keep going. And I used, you know, as negative as that sounds, I turned the negative into an actual positive motivator. Yeah. Now I, I will say this, man, out of the, out of the entrepreneurs that I've been fortunate enough to, you know, connect with over the years, whether it's been from, you know, uh, you or, or going to networking events myself, I I've, I've honestly seen most hate come your way. And it, it's because everyone's jealous, bro. Like you got to realize exactly. I'm the youngest in the game. I yeah. have the most hate because I'm the only one who's doing what people wish they were doing. And it was hard for me to accept because there's so many people that are blatant scammers that are yeah. blatant shit and they're getting so much support. And it's the guy who goes the extra mile, but I always go back to biblical purposes. Like Jesus Christ was hated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Muhammad, these guys were hated and they were doing everything in their power to make the world a better place and do what was right. And they had the most haters. And then I look at the people I look up to, you know, I look up to the president all the presidents, not just Donald Trump. I liked Obama. I mean, I like, I liked his, you know, his hustle. He still had haters. So I realized the better and the bigger I get, the more haters are going to come. And when I wasn't doing shit, I didn't have any haters. It goes back to, you know, even being in high school. I remember I was good looking. I was cocky and I had the most haters because I was doing the most. So I just, like I said, you got to be bulletproof though. Do think about it. I'm 27. I live in a $3 million house. I have a banging hot, pretty much wife. I live the life the first thing that people are going to think is this guy's full of shit. But that's why they're at where they're at is because they have that mindset. Me, I always try to figure out what that person's doing. If you have something I want, I'm not jealous. I want to figure out how to do what you're doing so I can get there too. I have the opposite. Same. And they have that broken, that, oh man, he's a fraud. But it's like, bro, what are you, dog? You live at home. You live in an apartment with three roommates. I'm the fraud. You, you're nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, become something. I'd rather become a fake than nothing. You know what I mean? I'd rather be that then nothing at all i shit you know what i mean like at the end of the day that's what i tell people i won even if you think what you think i still won where do you lay your head right you don't have anywhere to lay bro yeah. shit i got what car am i gonna drive today is my problem <laughs> <laughs> i remember 
I remember talking to you a few months back because uh, I had some hate come my way and I had never experienced it. And, and I remember you, I remember being on the phone with you and you being like, bro, enjoy it because that means you're doing shit. Exactly. And it ain't going to stop, bro. The bigger you get I, every day, some random person on Facebook attacks me, my pages that I've never worked with, never spoken with. But bro, that's just, that's what's accepted in this day and age. Like that's what people do. That's what losers do. You know, winners like me, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I'm not going to go hate on your page. I don't give two shits. I'm too busy winning. If you got enough time to go hate on somebody and you're listening to this podcast, then you're not doing enough for yourself. Facts. Period. Facts. If you have enough time to go gossip or talk about somebody else, then you're not doing enough for yourself or your family. Seriously. That's facts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Gallon, you're, you're, you are a mentor to, to thousands of people. Now, what I'm curious to know is who has, who has been a mentor to you, a personal mentor, like top, top three or four that has helped shape you into, into the entrepreneur that you are? To be honest, man, I was inspired by Grant Cardone. You know, he's one of the first people I came across that I vibed with. Um, you know, for copywriting and marketing, Gary Halbert, one of the first guys I felt like was legit and built it from nothing. Um, you know, those are my two main guys, you know, I'm inspired by Tony Robbins. He was able to build a legacy, helping people, uh, just, man, I'm inspired by everybody who's, who's out there winning, man. I don't just put one person I'm inspired by every go-getter, every hustler, everybody who's made something for him. And I feel like you can learn a lesson from everybody. So that's kind of been my mentality. That's why I have such a big library, but there's not really one person besides myself. You know, too many people ask me, Gal, what book got you to the top? Who do you look up to? None of that helped. What helped was just me getting out of my own way and just going and being inspired and using their stories to keep me motivated when I run into same, some of the same trials that they faced. Right. I think, um, I think often as, especially as entrepreneurs, like our own, our own thoughts is what clouds our judgment. Absolutely. We create, we create problems. We create demons that don't exist in our mind on a daily basis. And you got to learn to remove those, those, what I call them scare tactics and just go face the unknown, quit being scared of the unknown and just go stop saying what if, and say, let's fucking roll, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, look, I just want to thank you so much for, for being with us today. Um, where can, where can people find you at? Go to gallantdill.com, G A L L A N T D I L L.com gallantdill.com. You can get my free book on how to grow your business. You can reach out. You can reach out to me on Facebook, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. It's whatever, man. I'm one of the few guys that will respond and respect you. I look at everyone the same, man. Like I believe everybody has the same amount of potential, but some of us just, you will utilize it. Some of us will make an excuse. Please, if you're listening, quit being an excuse maker and just go. Bro, I appreciate it so much for being here, man. Um, thank you for being a mentor to me, a friend to me. And uh, looking forward to watching you, you grow even more in the, uh, in the future. Sounds good, brother. Listen, man, if you ever need anything, just give me a ring. I'm here. I appreciate it, man. Look, if y'all got value out of this, this episode, leave it five-star rating and review. Give Gallon a follow. Reach out to him. Like he said, he just, he just gave you an open invitation. Um, thank y'all so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.